Hey, Stranger Rangers, this is Fatina. This is Bree. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, so with um, Bree's last story, that was someone who didn't have enough love for their spouse or for their significant <laughs> other. I am going the complete opposite way, and nice. I'm going to tell you a case of too much love. A stage five clinger? Yes. Nice. Yes. So with this case, it transpires in Iowa and also in Nebraska. They're neighboring okay. states. So it's kind of like saying, you know, Oregon, Vancouver kind of to us to Washington. So so it's it's just one of those states that you can blink and you're in the other state, yeah. no problem kind of thing. This goes back to 2012. At least this is where the story starts emerging. Sure. This is the story of Dave Krupa and also Carrie Lee Farver, Amy Flora, Liz Goyler. Oh. Lots of names in this one. We've got a list. Lots okay. of names. So... Dave Krupa is a, at this point in 2012, a 35-year-old mechanic. He had attended or he had been part of the National Guard. And while he was there, he got his automotive degree. So that was kind of his trade. He was always working cool. on cars. Yeah. He, right as he got out of the National Guard, he met Amy Flora. Okay. And they were together for a total of 10 years. Wow, that's a long time. Yes, never married. Mhm. Together they had two children. Okay. At the end of those 10 years, Amy was like, "Are you going to put a ring on it?" And yeah, I mean, if you're wanting to get married eventually yeah. at 10 years, I'd be asking the same question. 10 years for and two sure. kids, yeah. I'd be like, "All right, so can I get some tax breaks?" You're just Yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly. You're justified so, in asking that question. But Dave was like, no, I still want to file as a single. <laughs> so. Oh, well, fuck you, Dave. Right. So Dave was like, I'm going to go my separate ways. Oh, and just left? He, he, they separated at, after 10 years of, mar- not marriage, but being together and having two kids. Wow. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> so 10 years. And so Dave, at that point, he moved over to Omaha, Nebraska. Where he started a job as a mechanic, I believe a head mechanic at a body, not a body shop, but a mechanic shop. Yeah, yeah. And while he was living in Omaha, now living his best single life Mm -hmm. and doing all these things, this is 2012, so dating apps are now a thing. Yeah. And he decides to sign up for Plenty of Fish. Okay. I mean... Is that the... Oh, no, that's Christian Mingle. That's Christian Mingle. (laughs) Did you do the same thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) I know the fish makes you think Christian, but no. Uh It's like plenty of fish in the ocean. So he he joins Plenty of Fish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's... I don't know what you do there. If you swipe or you like or whatever it is that you do on Plenty of Fish. That's beyond me. I know. I'm so glad we never had to do that. You, like, cast a pole. You, like, like send people worms to see if they take the bait. If that's not a thing on there, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You now have version 2.0 of Plenty of Fish. So while he was on that website, um, he was very honest with the women and on his profile, whoever he went on dates with, that he, at this point in time, did not want to have anything serious. Okay, well, that's... 
upfront. Yes. And honest. I can respect that. He wasn't, he was like, I'm putting out an empty line, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he was being honest with women like, hey, I'm looking for casual. I'm looking for booty calls, essentially. Basically. I'm sure those are not the words that he used. Right. But we all know that's what that means. Yeah. Just want to have fun. Just want to have fun. And while he was a mechanic, it would so happen that Carrie walked in one day with her car that okay. needed to get serviced. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, let me service right. you. Let me check under your hood. Yeah. This is getting really bad, guys. <laughs> we can go on. No, but he, he actually said that they were <laughs> under the hood together. <laughs> and they were at close proximity and he could like feel this tension between okay. them, like a good type of tension. Mm-hmm. But Dave, being a stand-up guy that he is sometimes, he <laughs> he decided not to do anything at that point because he was at work. Yeah, trying to keep it professional. Yeah. So he's he said, I like I felt like sparks were flying, like I felt this sexual tension. Spark plugs were flying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That's gonna be an upcharge for you. Yeah, exactly. You went in for an oil change to come out with these sparks. Uh-huh. And he, so he, he just like let that go and whatever life goes on type sure. of thing. A couple of days later, he's back on Plenty of Fish and he happens to see Carrie's profile on there. Oh, that's a coincidence. So he shoots a shot. Sure. Yeah. So they end up going out on their first date. Okay. They go to Applebee's. Of course. So a little bit about Carrie. Carrie uh, is 37 years old in 2012. Okay. She was born November 30th in 1974. She is a very smart, talented person. She did a lot of theater growing up, which is following along her mom's footsteps, being mm. part of companies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. At the age of 22, when she was attending the University of Kansas, she ended up um, becoming pregnant. Okay. So things didn't work out with the baby's father. Uh-huh. So she ended up raising her son, who she named Mark, as a single mother. Gotcha. Had the support of her parents, um, but still single mother, no baby daddy in the picture type of thing. Yeah. Tough to do at 22. So good That's for her young. and yeah. going to school. And so she decided at that point she would move back home, finish her schooling while she was... Um, at one of the local schools there while her she had support from her mom and oh, whatnot. Cool. So she still ended up graduating and becoming a computer programmer. Good for her. That's smart. Yeah. That takes some brains. Absolutely. Now back to 2012. Um, and this is in October of 2012. They go on their first date to Applebee's. Sparks are flying. Mm-hmm. Apps are being shared. Yeah. <laughs> they're, you know, they're having a good time. And then they decide to actually take it back to his place. Okay. Okay, little little nightcap. Yeah. The night is going well. They're really hitting it off. And as they're headed to his apartment, they have a chance encounter with one of Dave's ex-girlfriends. Oh, bummer. She was there to collect some things from his apartment that she had left there. Oh, that's awkward. He had, she had already been texting him while they were eating. Like, uh-huh. hey, I need to go get this stuff from your apartment. And he's like, no, I can't right now. He's out on a date. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, she just shows up. The girls both pass each other in the hall. 
nothing more of it. She gets her stuff. She's out. And that's it. Okay. Um, and turns out that Carrie, I think, spends the night and whatnot. Sure. Now, for Carrie, she's a computer programmer. She has a really good job. She also has a very big project coming up for work. Okay. So she's working feverishly to get this done, and yeah. I'm sure it's not easy. It's like coding stuff. And where she lives in uh, Macedonia, Iowa, it's a little bit of a drive mm-hmm. to where she actually works, which is in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, okay. So she usually drives and makes that drive every day. She's living with her now 15-year-old son, Mark. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that where she works is just down the street from Dave's apartment. Oh, so convenient. Since they're hitting it off. Yeah. And I'm sure with her working really late and having to drive, he's like, hey, why don't we just cut that drive out? You can spend here a couple of nights while you're getting your work done so sure. we can see each other a couple of nights and whatnot. Yeah. So she starts, I mean, this is right off the bat. Yeah. This is within the two weeks that they've met each other. Yeah, that's fast. She's already got a toothbrush there. <laughs> right. After the first date. She actually did get a key because she needed to leave and lock the door and Of whatnot. course. Right, right. So she's working on her project, and so it gets closer to November. November's now started. So November 12th, Dave gets up for work. So does Carrie. Mm -hmm. Carrie starts working on her project because a deadline's coming up. Sure. And then Dave kisses her goodbye and says, I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. Probably says, lock the door, whatever, on your way out. And that's the last that he ever sees of her. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Little did he know, of course, that that was going to be the last time that he saw her. Sure. So he goes to work as normal. Mm-hmm. And while he's working, he's probably juggling customers and work and whatnot. He's probably under the hood or something from a car. Yeah. And he gets a text middle of the day that says, I don't know the exact words. I don't have the transcripts, but it was like from Carrie saying, hey, do you want to move in together? Oh, okay. Right. Mind you. It's like you kind of are two days a week. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. And Carrie had already told Dave that she also wanted to keep things casual and just be there for the booty calls too. Sure. So he thought it was like dream girl right now. Yeah. Dream status. Uh Like we are wanting the exact same thing. Right. And so when he got the text saying, hey, we should move in together, he got caught off guard. Yeah, he's like, oh, that doesn't sound super casual. So he responded with like, hey, I'm not ready for that yet. I thought we talked about this. Sure. And her response, and I don't know if I can quote this because I've heard this a couple different ways, but I know there was expletives in it. It was like, fine, fuck you. I'm already dating other people anyway. I hate (laughs) you. So he's like, okay. Yeah. Well, this is casual, so that's fine if you're dating other people, but... So then, when he got home that night, she wasn't there anymore. Sure. Her car wasn't there anymore. She had a Ford Explorer, which is the same one that she had gotten service. Uh Uh-huh. And so he, like, never thought about it. He hadn't thought about it again. Days go on. (laughs) He started getting more and more text from her. Okay. Saying that... I hate you so much, so much that I want to drive a knife into your heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Things got, things went to 100. Yeah. Super fast. So fast. Carrie. And then. He's like, um, can I get that key back? <laughs> right? I'm going to change my locks. Yeah. And from that point, her boss got a message, an email saying she quit. 
Okay. Never turned in the project. Mm-hmm. She just up and left, never showed up for work, never showed up for work that November 12th either. Okay. Her son, because she had been staying at Dave's house, so Mark was staying with Grandma mm-hmm. Nancy for a couple of days or for a week or so while she was working on that project and staying in Omaha. So Mom got a text saying, I'm moving to Kansas. Okay. I've quit my job. I've broken up with Dave. Please look after Mark. And then same thing with Mark, the kid. She texted him like, hey, I'm moving to Kansas for a job. That's it. Just bye. And he's like, well, you're going to be home this coming weekend, right? Because my uncle's getting married. And you're you're going to be there. Right. So she would dodge those questions. Now, the reason why it was not so immediately weird, although this sounds very weird to a normal person. It sounds incredibly weird. Nancy and Mark, her son, are aware that Carrie is diagnosed bipolar. Okay, so she maybe has a history of kind of this coming and going behavior? So they're thinking maybe she's having a manic episode. Okay. Maybe if she did break up with Dave, Mm -hmm. that was a trigger. Sure. Or if she stopped taking her medicine, that could have also triggered it. Right. But her up and leaving her job, her son, her apartment, everything is just odd. Yeah, I mean, my first thoughts were like, how are people not just like, what what, what, what do you mean you're just going to Nebraska for a job and I'm staying here with gra- Grandma? But I mean, yeah, I guess that offer is yeah. a little bit. A little bit of reasoning behind. Sure. With, so she said, so the wedding for her brother, mm-hmm. so Max's uncle, came and went. Mm-hmm. They expected her at the wedding and partly because her father uh, was battling stomach cancer at the time Mm. so this was going to be one of maybe the last times that the entire family was going to be together definitely and no one knew her to miss anything like this sure especially out of the blue so that's a red flag huge red flag so at that point the mom called nancy called and made a missing report for carrie okay good but the police knowing that she had been diagnosed bipolar at this point we're just kind of like, okay, we'll be on the lookout for her. Yeah. But there wasn't any danger type of red flags for her right now. Right. Which that sucks because, gosh, I guess I understand that a little bit. But if someone's missing, they're missing regardless of the form in which they mm-hmm. are missing. I mean, if someone is actually having like a mental health crisis and family can't reach out to them, I mean that is that is missing yeah so that happened on november you know that was happening early Mm mid-november and like i said her dad was battling with stomach cancer so he was already on the decline right and even though nancy had filed a missing persons report for carrie they hadn't really broken the news to her dad yet just because they didn't want him to like rapidly decline sure because of the news and Regardless, though, unfortunately, her dad passed away on December 12th. So, like, about a month later? About a month later, give or take. Yeah. There was a funeral. They were texting her. She was texting back, but said that she was fine, and it wasn't. she wasn't in a headspace to attend. She wasn't going to be attending her dad's funeral. Wow. 
And then on December 15th, now is Mark's 15th birthday, uh-huh. his golden birthday. Yeah. She wasn't there either. So she was everyone's... texting everyone, though, either through Facebook messaging, through text messages. And then also what was weird is that the phone number kept changing. So they don't know if she kept buying like disposable phones or mm. like wasn't paying her cell phone bill. So she had to get like these, you know, throwaway phone type of situations. Right. They were also receiving emails from her with the same thing. Um, And then she also missed Mark's graduation. So now there is like four huge life events that have happened. Like what? High school graduation, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a lot has been happening. Now rewind a little bit. Still in this like after her missing type of timeline. That chance encounter that she had in the hallway with Liz Scoilar, okay, the ex-girlfriend of Dave. Right. Now Liz is getting threatening messages from Carrie. What? She's getting all these text messages saying, bitch, I hope you die. I hope your kids die. I hope that, you know, why are you messing with Dave? Stay away from Dave. He's my man. All these things. And are these just like rant, like... Liz doesn't know that these are coming from a woman named Carrie. They're just these random text messages that are she coming. She does through. know now because she asked Dave, like, who is this? Okay. And it's Carrie. Okay. So it's Carrie text Carrie's number texting her saying, Stay away from Dave, all these things. Sure. At one point, Liz walked into inside of her garage to the words to the word whore painted into her wall. Oh my gosh. And then a picture of it was sent of it to her. From Carrie's phone. Quote, unquote, Carrie's phone. Yeah. And then there was also same thing, same kind of thing in David's apartment. He got his TV was keyed, which is a oh weird, weird thing to do. Super weird. His couches was uh, his couch was slashed. There was like everything was thrown around. It was just vandalized. Good God. And then also... Like, Dave likes fat whores written on the wall and something like that, um, referring to Liz. Uh, okay. And at one point, uh, what happened, so things just kept escalating. I would right? say so. And at one point, at the mechanic shop that Dave was working, there was also, it was painted onto the garage wall so, like, everyone could see uh-huh. walking by, Dave beats women. Oh, my gosh. And there is no account that this has ever happened. There's never been any DV against Dave filed or anything. Obviously, um, the message is just there to cause havoc. And And he's kind of high up at his job, too. Yeah, now it's fucking with his job. Right. And on November, or sorry, on August 17, 2013, so she's been missing almost a year now. Jeez Louise. Okay. Liz calls Dave to tell him that her house is on fire. What? Luckily, her children are out of the house. Her two children are oh out of the gosh. house. The fire police gets the fire department gets there. They put out the fire. The house is a total loss. Mm-hmm. They find out and they confirm that there's six different starting points of origin of the fire. Oh wow. So they confirm it is arson. Crazy. Unfortunately, two dogs, a cat and a snake all passed away in oh, the fire. My heart. And then the next day, 
Dave got a text from Carrie that said, I am not lying. I set that nasty whore's house on fire. I hope the whore and her kids die in it. This bitch is crazy. And at that point, because of all of this is going on, uh huh, and everything that I've researched on this, um, and I've seen this firsthand too, trauma can bring people together. Yeah, for sure. A trauma bond. For sure. So Carrie and Liz are both talking about the crazy shit that crazy Carrie is doing, because that's what they end up calling her, crazy Mm -hmm. Carrie. All the texting, all the threatening, all the stalking, and they rekindle. Carrie and Liz are talking about this? uh, Liz and Dave. Liz and Dave are talking about all the crazy stuff that Carrie's doing. Gotcha. So they rekindle their flame. Okay. And they start seeing each other again. Okay. Yeah. So now they're dating again and whatnot. Now the stalking intensifies. I was going to say that's I that's kind of bold of them to rekindle that relationship scene as how intensely she's escalated. She obviously knows where Liz lives and where Dave works and is what I mean I would feel like someone was watching me so Dave and Liz would be hanging out at Dave's house or whatnot and they would both get texts simultaneously and at you know but while they're both in the house sure either like I can see you in the house at one point what's one of the stories or anecdotes that's told over and over again is that he was sitting in his living room on the Lazy Boy. He had a blue shirt on with his feet propped up, and he got a text that says, I see you on your couch with your blue shirt and your feet propped up. Oh, my gosh. And so can you imagine how violated someone is feeling at that point? I would be so unbelievably petrified and scared for my life, and I honestly can't believe that they didn't get police involved prior to Liz's house catching on fire. So they did, though. They did? Well, well they both tried filing, like, harassment suits. Okay. But the police were like, it's just text. Yeah. There's not much. Right. And I think that's when it escalated to fire. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's serious. Because now there is like a threat of danger to a person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And when they would get these texts or when Dave would get these texts, you know, I think like anyone who is in the situation, probably a little bit paranoid and just uneasy and feeling violated he would run out of the, you know, like open the door, try to catch someone to see who's standing where, where can they see me from? Mm-hmm. And there, of course, there's no one there to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, he's feeling stalked and he is being stalked. Yeah. Um, he went into a little bit of a depression. He started drinking more mm. and he gained 30 pounds throughout okay. this time. Uh, Carrie went missing. Nancy got a picture from Carrie of a check. That was a check written out to Carrie for mm-hmm. $5,000 as if she would have gotten payment from someone for all the stuff on, in her apartment from Craigslist. Oh, okay. Like she had sold everything. Right. Right. So she asked her mom to go let someone into the house from Craigslist to gather the furniture that they had purchased. Okay. Which her mom thought was also weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> because... The items that were sold and picked up were all, like, heirloom furniture items. And she's like, Carrie would have never sold that. Right. So what is going on? Mind you, a little bit of backstory. So Carrie's family 
in Macedonia, Iowa, have grown up there and been living there for generations. Sure. So I'm assuming they had some really nice, like, wood furniture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then closer to December, <laughs> again, this this is just getting wilder and wilder. Dave gets a text also from Carrie saying, well, I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. And He's like, great. <laughs> so Dave is like, mm, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Because he had a vasectomy. Okay. Which still You know, it's like that 1%, the, the chances maybe. are really low. But nonetheless, he's like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Obviously, it's just crazy Carrie up in her, you know, uh-huh. with her antics. Just um, crazy Carrie yeah. with her antics. So... Nancy, the mom, Carrie's mom, eventually took legal guardianship of Max. Yeah. As soon as she's like, well, I don't Mark. know where the... Sorry. Yeah, Mark. Sorry, <laughs> not Max. Um, because I don't know where the hell my daughter is. And he's still under 18. Yeah. So he still needs a legal guardian. Um, the mom and Mark and anyone that she would communicate with through writing would implore her... We need to hear you. We want to hear you, that you're okay. Oh, yeah. Like, call me. Uh-huh. Call me. Totally. And one of the texts back from Carrie to her mom is, fine, I will call you, but I'm done after that. There's so many grammatical errors on this. Oh, that sucks. It says, but I am done after that. You have Max, and I am grateful, but after all the cop stuff from before, I am done. I am not 10 years old, Mom. I can leave him and move on with someone new. So, and I bring up the grammatical errors because her mom and Mark are like, that doesn't sound like her. Right. So. Yeah, you get used to the way people talk and text and. Yeah. How they punctuate. Uh Uh-huh. How they do all that. Totally. So, as time goes on. Um, Liz and Dave, their relationship, he kind of remembers maybe why he broke up with her in the first place. Okay. <laughs> so it's on and off again, okay. on and off again. The text and the threatening and the stalking texts are still incoming hot and heavy for both of them. Yeah. Um, he, Dave is starting to maybe date other people. He goes back on plenty of fish and he starts trying to date, well, even messaging other women. Mm-hmm. And then out of the blue, those women are getting messages from Carrie as well. Oh my gosh. Saying like, don't, you know, don't bother. Don't, don't even try to get yeah. near him. Don't try to date him. And then it sounds like they would get like these wild stories about Dave to the point where women that he hadn't even matched with yet were messaging him about how, what a terrible person he was. What? Yeah. That is so crazy. Really? How is she getting all this information? Really bizarre. Yeah. How does she know who he's messaging already? Exactly. On December 15th, 2015, this is where the story takes a wild turn. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. So, at this point, Dave had moved back to Council Council Bluffs, which is a city in Iowa. Okay. Um, because he had weaned off taking, like, being with Liz, and he was starting to try and date other women mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, on December 15th, I don't know why, 
but Liz was at a park in Council Bluffs called Big Lake. Okay. From there, she has to call 911. She calls 911 because she said she was at the park, sitting on a bench, clearing her head. When a woman walked up to her and shot her in the leg. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. From there, the police are like, well, do you know who it was? And she's like, it was Amy Flora. Just. Amy Flora is his baby mama. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Hang on. (laughs) Hang on. So the cops go police knocking on Amy's house. Yeah. And they're like, excuse me, ma'am. Did you just shoot a woman in the leg? Yeah. When they bust down her door, she is in her PJs holding her baby because she now has a new baby. Okay. One of the cops happens to touch the car. It's cold to the touch. I mean, they show up within minutes they of this the car. car. The hood of her car. Oh, okay. Like, it's okay. a cold engine. Okay. And they just busted down her door, and mm-hmm. they're like, we need to take you in for interrogation, and will you take a polygraph test? Mm-hmm. She fails. Amy Flora. Sure. She's adamant that she has nothing to do with this. Okay. She has nothing to do with the shooting. She was nowhere near that park. She doesn't even own a gun. Uh-huh. Dave owns a gun. Okay. Dave's gun had recently gone missing. Okay. Okay. I'm like really stressed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So Liz tells the cops, well, I think it's Amy that's been posing as Carrie. Uh-huh. This entire time. Right. And it's not. I was going to say, it's not Amy. It's not Amy. So this entire time, Liz has been pretending to oh be Carrie. Oh my god, she set her own fucking house on fire? Yeah. What a psycho. And shot herself in the leg. And shot herself in the leg. Yeah. With his gun. With his gun. Oh my gosh. And like got back together with him. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And then what? So... <laughs> <clears throat> you think it's done there, but no, the story it's not. gets even better. So at that point, the cops are like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me, what? You think Amy's been pretending to be Carrie? So where's Carrie? Exactly. So Liz says that Amy killed Carrie. No, she didn't. And the cops are like, "Okay, <laughs> why do you think that?" And then at this point, they don't have anything to hold her yet. Uh-huh. So they let her go. Uh-huh. And now they put a tracker on Liz's car. Nice. And they see that she's been circling Amy's apartment very often. A couple times a week, she's been going around Amy's apartment. And this is after they put the tracker on yes. her car? Okay. Yes. So they tell Dave that, and they ask Dave... Are you willing to move back in with Amy to Mm. protect Amy and your kids? Uh Uh-huh. 
And that's all they kind of told him at this point. Okay. We think something weird is going on. Okay. And she needs you there to protect her. Yes. And they they all do. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like, they also ask, can we have your phones to download information and mm-hmm. all this stuff? Right. Yes. Both her, both him and Liz agree to give over their phones for data downloads. Liz agrees to it? Yes. Liz wow. agrees to it. And from that point, the cops pull a move that is just genius. Genius. So here's what had happened before, after the shooting, before the cops pulled this genius move. There was two cops that got grants from the state to open both a cold case and to also run DNA tests. So now okay. they have the funds to open up this carry case okay. of missing person. Okay. Because they had two different things going on. In Nebraska, they had harassment suits going on. Uh-huh. And in Iowa, they had a missing person case for carry. So they had both of these cases. Right. So there's two detectives that were working on it. Ryan Avis and Jim Doty. Okay. And these, man, these detectives, let me tell you. <laughs> They did something so ingenious. They're like, one of us is going to look at it like she is a missing person. She's alive. I'm going to find her. Uh huh. And one of them is going to look at it as she's dead. I'm going to look for her. I'm going to find her. Okay. So they took both of these angles. approaches, yeah. both of these angles, and they started, that's when they started investigating this case with both those sure. approaches. They asked, once they asked Dave to move back in with Amy, they let Liz know, hey, Dave moved back in with Amy. How do you feel about that? Uh Uh-huh. This bitch blew up. Oh, man. There's a recording of her when they told her this, that she went hysterical. And she's like, how are you going to let her kill Carrie, burn my house, shoot me, and get my man. Oh, man. Yeah. It gets nuts. And the cops are like, well, help us and trap her. Help us. Oh, my gosh. Put her behind bars. Uh-huh. Help us with this case. Sure. How is she going to do that? She's like, well, let me email her. So Daddy she. So magically, Liz starts getting emails from Amy. Air quotes. Uh-huh. Saying that she confesses first only to the shooting of the leg. Okay. Shooting Liz in the park. And the cops are like, yeah, you know, that's, we tried that. You know, you know, we can't place her at the scene. Can we, we got to try a little bit harder. Can you have her give her more details? Give her, have her give you more details about Carrie's disappearance. Maybe how she killed her. Like where she dispose of her. Uh-huh. And magically, within 24 hours, Liz got an email from Amy saying that she had encountered Carrie outside of Dave's apartment on November 12th Uh and stabbed her while in her own car in the Ford Explorer about four or five times and then took her out to the woods and burned her. Yeah, Liz, you just magically got this whole All confession via email. Mm-hmm. All these gory from Amy. details. So the cops at that point, they knew that they'd fucking done it. 
because yeah, they found out how she died and where she was exactly. and how it all played out. So in the background, this in, you know this entire three years of fucking stalking and texts and whatnot, there were over twenty. There were about twenty to thirty different email accounts that were all some kind of combination of Carrie and Farber at Gmail at Yahoo at whatever. Uh-huh. So that were being sent that were being used to email the family, the friends, right, Dave and whatnot. There were about fifteen thousand emails sent. Holy shit. There were fifty five zero fifty thousand texts sent in those three years. That is wild. You know how much that is? It's a lot. I was thinking, oh my I mean, God. for sure the emails, I've never sent 15,000 emails in my, in my life. life. No. Not even close. No. No. 15,000 emails and 50,000 texts. That is crazy. Yeah. So because of all that information that the cops had now... They were able to determine that the IP addresses, no matter what email was being used, what phone number was being used to text and whatnot, they were all coming from Liz's IP address. Yeah, they were. So at that point, they kind of had her. Yeah. They had her in a corner. They brought her in for interrogation. Of course, she didn't confess. She asked for a lawyer right away. Right. And the lawyer um, or her attorney, there's no body. They uh-huh. never found any remains for Carrie. Mm. But what they did find were things that were eh, really incriminating. Mm-hmm. So before all of this unraveled, Carrie's car magically appeared back at Dave's house. Her Ford Explorer just magically reappeared at Dave's house. Oh, my gosh. The car was wiped clean. Uh-huh. Completely, I'm sure it was. Except for one little dish of candy mints that okay. were in the cup holder. And there was one fingerprint on them. Wow. At that point, there was no fingerprint to match it to. Uh-huh. So that lead went dead. The car was given back to Carrie's mom. The car was sold. When this all unraveled, luckily the police were able to track down like who it was sold to. Uh-huh. Years later, they were able For to sure. track this down. They got the car back into evidence. And now knowing the confession from... Amy, yeah. like you guys can't see my air quotes, yeah. but like maybe I'll just <laughs> bunny ears around that statement. <laughs> bunny ears all yeah. the way. They <laughs> took the car into evidence and they took off the seat liner of mm. the passenger side. Mm. So not just what the naked eye could see, but they took off the yeah. fabric. And underneath it, I mean, it was so much blood. So much blood. Oh my god. They ran the DNA test. Of course, it was Carrie's. Yeah. And the fingerprint was ran now compared to Liz's. Of course, that fingerprint was Liz. She had no reason to be in that car otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, because the according to her, the only time that they had crossed paths was that one fucking night. In the hallway. In the hallway. Yeah. So, um, with that information, and then also, there was an SD card to an old iPad that and I'm not sure who had it but it was Liz's okay um I think it was in storage but it was Liz's it was empty if you were just to like open it up right but forensics opened it up and 
view the deleted photos. Uh-huh. And where they what they found were pictures of the Ford Explorer before it had been refound. Okay. So before why got... do you have those pictures? Yeah, yeah. And then they also found a picture that at first sight you might not be able to tell exactly what's on it mm-hmm. because it kind of looks like pinkish, reddish, kind of looks like skin, kind of looks like there's a tattoo on it. Mm-hmm. But now knowing that there's possibly a dead person, they yeah. cross-checked it with Carrie's tattoos and it looked like a close-up shot of Carrie's foot with the Chinese symbol for mother on it. Oh. And it matched perfectly. Oh, gosh. And obviously, based on the colors on the picture, it looks like that of a decomposing or a dead foot. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, those pictures being in Liz's SD card, although there is no body, no witnesses, no murder weapon, went a long way. Yeah, pretty incriminating evidence. They opted for no jury trial. They went for a bench trial. So okay. just the judge right. can hear everything and make a decision. Right. The evidence was pretty heavily there. For sure. So he did sentence her to life. Good. Um, she still maintains her innocence. Of course she does. Um, she says that she hopes that one day the truth will come out about who really did this. Bitch, it was you. <laughs> like it was, it was you. you. It's been you the whole time. You are the truth that you has Carrie, already come out. You were Amy. Yeah. You were Dave. You were barely Liz yeah. <laughs> through all of this. You were Looney Liz. <laughs> Looney Liz. So a little bit of background on Liz, just to like try help to you understand. Try to unpack her a little bit. Try to unpack her a little bit. Because it, I don't think it was just like a stronghold that Dave had on her. She's been loony for a while, I yeah, think. Yeah, so usually are. It's a quick recap. Um, but Liz, prior to her two children, she had had a kid in '98 with her then boyfriend, who they named Cody. Okay. The baby was a couple months old, and her and the baby's dad separated mm-hmm. because she was cheating with a guy named Glenn. Okay. Okay. So then she moved in with Glenn and the baby. They moved into Glenn's parents' house. They were there together, etc. On a random night on January 28th, Liz calls Cody's dad mm-hmm. and says, you need to come over quick. I dropped the baby. Oh, my God. He comes over. There's no, like, serious, like, outwardly showing injuries. Uh-huh. And the baby's asleep. So he's like, okay, so he's fine. Aww. And then the next day, it's about 5 o'clock. And the baby is kind of being super quiet, not being his normal self. He had colic before this. Yeah. So he had normally been crying fussy. A lot. A lot. Colicky babies cry a lot. Yeah. So... On January 29th, both her and Glenn, so her new boyfriend, uh-huh. took the baby, rushed him into the hospital. Yeah. The baby, unfortunately, succumbed to his injuries. <sighs> they had like a brain bleed or something. So they, the doctors found, confirmed that the baby died due to shaken baby syndrome. Oh my God. They interviewed Glenn and... Glenn was like a sweet guy 
who had some intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. And his family already had this inkling that Liz was... <laughs> Sorry, get out, Carrie. <laughs> that Liz was, like, taking advantage of him and manipulating him. Yeah. So... He was, Glenn was interviewed by the police because there is a dead kid. Uh, Sure. And Glenn being so sweet and innocent and not thinking of it and trying to be honest with the police, quote unquote, confesses to them. Like, I mean, I play toss the baby, you know? Oh, I toss the baby up a couple times. And they're like, well, why would you do that? He's like, well, the baby starts to giggle and that's cute. So that's why I would toss the baby a couple of times. Yeah. And they're like, well, have you done that in the last couple of days? Da, da, da. He's like, I don't know, maybe. Like, I, what, we played toss the baby. The cops didn't know about the dropping the baby situation. Oh, okay. So after that, Glenn was put on trial. Oh, man. For this baby's death. Uh-huh. And Liz show up to testify. Oh, what a bitch. She also showed up in a blonde wig because she was trying to evade police because she had a warrant out for her arrest for a car theft. <laughs> this is just crazy. Huh? Like, I want to say the plot thickens, but I think it's so thick that the it plot turns and twists. It just turns and twists. Yeah. So, yeah, she thought a wig would, like, you know, incognito. No, but I mean, oh, they didn't arrest wow, her then. Wow, wow, Um, Glenn, because he, I don't know if he had competent counsel. I don't know that he was competent enough to like make his own decisions. I don't know to what degree his disability was. Sure. But he pled guilty and he's serving a life sentence <gasps> Stop. for this. He's currently? Because the doctors determined that it had to have been at least 20 seconds of vigorous shaking that would have cause that type of damage to the baby. Okay. I mean, I do have to say, like, at two months old, you probably should not be tossing a baby up in the air. That's tiny. That's very, very tiny. But that's also not 20 seconds of vigorous. I mean, (laughs) in, in, in my mind, I don't imagine him, like, tossing the baby, like, Three feet above no. his, you know, it's probably, it was like a quick little yeah, let go. A, come up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So get this though. Oh and this gosh. is where you think maybe she does have an MO because one of the key pieces of evidence against Glenn were letters that he quote unquote had written to her while in jail confessing to shaking the baby. Stop. Yeah. And she just family, loves impersonating people. Yes, she does. And Glenn's family was, like, contesting this. He has learning, writing, reading disabilities. He is in no way capable uh-huh. of writing these complex sentences. Right. This is not him. Right. And they went with it. They never dismissed those letters. Oh, my. Like, yeah. Were the letters handwritten or were they, like, typed out? Typed out. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And then two other, so um, so after that, that's when she went on and had two other kids um, with a different man. And eventually that didn't work out either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he had gotten a new girlfriend, the new baby daddy named Melissa. She started 
being trying to be Melissa. I don't know how to say it any other way. Oh my gosh. She got her hair extensions to be just like Melissa. Uh-huh. Melissa was a pharmacy tech, so she was trying to get her pharmacy tech license. Oh my um, gosh. Melissa had a Mitsubishi, so she went and got a Mitsubishi, the same type and color. And she was asking other people to start calling her Melissa. <laughs> I am so over this girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? Uh, I'm speechless. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, And then let me see if there's anything else I missed on this. I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's pages and pages of quoting the text and, and everything. One of the most heartbreaking moments, and I, and I think this is I'm kind of saving this for last because it's just heartbreaking. But Mark, when he was so desperate to, like, try and figure out, like, is this my mom that I'm texting or whatnot? Sure. He texted her what would be three questions that only his mom would know. Uh-huh. Which are, what is my middle name? What is the name of our first boxer's name? Uh, the name of our first boxer, uh-huh. so the dog. Yeah. And, um, oh, shit, I forgot what the third question is. But anyway, it was questions that only mom would know. Right. And he was left unread. Ugh. Because, of course, Liz didn't know any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of surprised she didn't because she seemed like she could figure out everything else. Yeah. So she had all kinds of apps on her phone. You know, they're like call me later apps. But she would schedule texts. Right. So that it would seem like it were coming from outside the apartment. Uh Uh-huh. Um, while they were both sitting there. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's how she was kind of like covering her tracks. And, and how they would be getting texts simultaneously. Yes. Like they were coming in at the same time from. An outside number. Not Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> not Carrie. Right. But Carrie's number from Carrie. So Anne Rule is the author of the book, The Stranger Beside Me, mm-hmm. which I believe is the account of the interactions that she had or when she crossed paths with Ted Bundy. Okay. Very famous writer. Her daughter, Leslie Rule, following her mom's footsteps, actually got in contact, this is funny, um, with Liz to write about a book about this story, okay. about this case, about yeah. all of this. Right. And Liz was very forthcoming about it because she thought it was going to be like to help her out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, no. No. If anything, it helped the case that you're loony, Liz. Exactly. Um, you will hear this case be referred to as different names and whatnot, but her full name is Shanna Elizabeth Coilar. Okay. But she goes by Liz. Okay. And just to go back and like tie it all up, make sure that all loose ends are tied, the picture of the check that Nancy, Carrie's mom, had gotten for the $5,000 written out to Carrie uh-huh. on the signature line was signed Shanna Goylar. Oh, my gosh. So she fucked that one up Yeah, there. she did. Um, but she told the cops when they did question her about that, that Carrie was obviously a stalker ex and had broken in and stolen her checkbook. She yeah, had a story for everything. <laughs> but the fucking guts of putting your house on fire, like burning up your own home, and you, killing your pets. It, it, that's what I was going to say. You killed your own pets. You killed your own pets. And then also, and your baby. 
And you're possibly your baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and yeah. just say that you did that. So there's possibly an innocent person in jail because of yeah, her. Yeah, totally. Um, And then on top of all that, I mean, shoot yourself. The shot to the leg. <laughs> First of all, if someone is shooting to kill you, if I'm shooting to kill, I'm not going to shoot below the waist. I'm not going to shoot in your no. thigh. Uh-uh. Um, and just give you a nice little memento and like scar to talk about at bars. The shot went through and through. So she was totally fucking fine. She knew right. what she was shooting. It was all me. Like, there's nothing that was hit that was right. dangerous to her. Um, <laughs> she's such an idiot. So scary, though, that she went through these lengths. Three years of terrorizing. Yeah. Everyone. Her family thinking... Man, she, you know, Carrie is out there having this manic episode. She needs help. She Mm -hmm. needs mental health help. She needs, you know, resources. At one point, her mom also got a call supposedly from someone at a homeless shelter that said Carrie was there. Her mom, I'm sure with her heart on her sleeve, like drove out to look for her. And of course, there's no Carrie there. Absolutely, she did. And I mean, she tortured Everyone involved for years. That for is years. An investment. All for what? For a dude who obviously didn't like you back that much. You yeah. dumb bitch. You know, it's just weird. Um, but she obviously had a history of it as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of being possessive and being um, delusional and going all these extra steps and lengths to disguise and manipulate and deceive and I don't I mean I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever but I mean it definitely sounds like some borderline personality disorder or or I I I don't know not even gosh I don't even know that just I don't know I don't know I don't know what I don't know if there is anything medically wrong with her that's another thing. I don't know. I don't think so. There has got to be some definitely, diagnosis for this. It was definitely not used as a medical, as a defense. I'll it's tell you true, that much. True. Yeah. Wow. I know, huh? My mind, my mind is blown. I'm also sitting here thinking like, yeah, there are chicks and guys yes. out there that are this crazy about somebody that they've dated and or sometimes not even dated uh, yeah it's just an obsession yeah. that grows with an infatuation with yeah. somebody oh my gosh that... speaking of season four of views out <laughs> oh yes it is yes it is but yeah i was as i was researching this i was also binging that uh-huh and i was like oh my gosh there's so many parallels and there's so many things that you're like Right. Someone can be, someone can glance at you or, you know, hand you a straw at the counter and it could, someone could look into that so much. Yeah. And just pull at that string thinking there's something else there. And it's like, it's, and unfortunately for this case, even Carrie's name was drugged through the mud for years, making her to look at. Uh, you know, making her seem to be the crazy one in this right. case. And yeah, it's. And they did never find a body. 
No, they never found any remains for Carrie. Crazy. Well, because so, she's maintaining her innocence. And so. Right. So she, in the confession of Amy's letter, in quotes, is that she stabbed her, took her out to the woods and burned her body. And then after that, disposed of the burned remains in like trash cans or bins. Uh-huh. So then it eventually ended up in a dump somewhere and it's not anything that could be found. Plus it was years later. Right. It was until three years later that they realized, oh shit, she was actually killed. She's dead. We need to look for a body because she did that and disposed of her right away. And uh, I mean, we can theorize that that's what happened to her. And then on top of that, with that amount of time in Nebraska, Iowa, you know, the weather elements that have yep. come and gone over the years to just further, you know, wipe away yep. anything Any that they evidence. may or may not find. Um, yeah, you know, and I mean, it, it, it is wild and uh, I don't know. I want to say more rare than it is, although I don't really have numbers to say how often it happens. But I mean, you're right. All it takes is somebody looking at someone a certain way yeah. or you know, like handing someone their latte that you just, just a misunderstanding and somebody reading into actions and assuming certain intentions and really like running with it. And it's like, Whoa, that's not, yeah, that's not what that was. Not even close. Like top it all off. And just in case, I mean, Liz, while all of this is going on is like chumming up the idea that she's like the victim Uh, yeah and trying to get more love from dave because of that it's just so weird right it's just so weird that is and dave you know there's uh interviews with dave i believe it's a 2020 episode where he's traumatized a hundred percent. He's probably like, how and do I you, ever trust another? How do you ever start dating again? Yeah, you would be terrified. Um, so after after all this happened and after the trial ended and whatnot, he's been very low-key. He's um, not done any other interviews in regards to this. But, you know, I can imagine that any type of love life, romantic situations, in the back of his head, he's like, shit, do I pay for the full bill or is she going to think that I want to marry her? You know what I mean? I would just go back to Amy. <laughs> right. I'd be like, here's your ring. Hey, remember when you asked me if we should get married yeah. after 10 years? Uh, well, I think that we should. I think we should. Because I know that you're not a psycho. Right. Oh, my gosh. The yeah, poor, poor guy goes into that uh, every time totally. now, I'm sure. Thinking, you know, is this another situation like Liz? It would be hard to break away from having those traumatic thoughts. Wow. Great case. case, That is crazy. Roller coaster. Roller coaster of emotions of what the hell happened. I was like literally sitting on the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm sitting here like a kid at Christmas, (laughs) just like waiting for what you're going to unwrap next. And yeah, that was wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wowie, wowie. Wowie, wow, wow. <laughs> Owen Wilson, wow. Wow. <laughs> I 
I just saw that video that was like Jennifer Coolidge and Owen Wilson going back saying, wow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> gold. That is gold right there. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. On that note, um, thanks. Yeah, I was going to say, on what note? <laughs> Don't be a psycho. Don't um, be a if psycho. someone doesn't want to date you, just let them not date you. And let maybe let's just let that be the message. You're... Yeah. Your value is more than whoever you might want to date if they want to date you back. Just yeah. go and live your life. You do you. Let them do them. Because if they want to miss out on you, then let them miss out on you and you find somebody else. But Dang, those are good. Those are good words. Let's just not... Don't be a loony Lisa. Don't be or a loony Liz. Loony Liz. And if you have a friend who's walking down that path... <laughs> Tap him on the shoulder, be a little ranger, and be like, nah, uh go listen to this episode. Don't be looking down that loony lane, (laughs) Linda. We're not going to go there. That is a treacherous path. You stay over here right now. She was so savvy with all the technology, too. That... That takes an incredible amount of energy and resources that I cannot even begin to imagine. And I forgot to mention this. The detective said that because of the sheer volume and the context, like all the the fucking texting and emails and everything, he said it was about 40 to 50 hours of work a week. So this was a full time job for Liz. Trying to get this man. Good. And mind you, and here's what blows my mind. Okay, wait. I mean, yes, I know she killed a person. Maybe two. But (laughs) you'd think she would have stopped when her and Dave rekindled. Right. Like, just let Carrie go. Let Carrie go. Let Let Carrie be a missing person. You got what you were wanting. Yeah. So just, but... But that, because they were on and off again, she had to, like, bring in this whole Amy angle. Oh, my god! To shoot her. Right. It's, it's crazy. That is wild. Yeah. So okay. wild. Well, um, hope you guys have a great week. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. Please be a stranger ranger, yeah. like Fatina said, if you guys are... Uh, seeing a friend or maybe yourself oh my gosh sliding down the slippery slope just let it go let it be don't download the apps to call yourself later to text yourself later visit us on patreon if you haven't already um you can check out what the patreons have gotten already and we uh, you can visit at patreon.com forward slash stranger danger podcast till next time bye bye Daily podcast. Weekly. <laughs> <Or> weekly. <laughs> Welcome to your weekly podcast. I wish we could do this daily. Oh, yeah, Trust me, fun. if I could just do that. Seriously. No, nine to five. And just have this be a full time. It would be amazing. That would be a dream. So subscribe to our Patreon and maybe we can retire from yes. our day job so we can just do this all day for Help you guys. Retire. Exactly. Uh, we would just do lives every day. Uh-huh. And just talk about what's in the news, like the Murdoch murders. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. If you guys, okay, I was really, really behind on everything that's going on with all that whole shit show. <laughs> and there is a fabulous, fabulous three episode yeah. documentary on HBO that thank God Fatina helped guide me to because it fills you in on all of the background and it is truly wild. This right. family. And like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, had you not known about the small little town? Yeah. I mean, if you're in that bubble, uh-huh. you knew, right? You know this family. You know what kind of power that last name carries. And, yeah, sometimes they made the news. But to the extent that this family carries so much power was unknown to me. It. I mean, and it and it does it. It's it surprises me. Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, holy shit! How can one family have so much power? Yeah. But then at the same time, it's almost not surprising because yeah, especially in a small little town. In a small little town, mm-hmm. and the position that the dad held, and the legacy of the family, all within this small town. Yeah, you guys. If you have not heard of the Murdoch trials, if or any of it, or if you've heard of it and you're behind and you want to catch up, go over to HBO or find somebody's account that you can log into and go watch this. Yes, yeah. go get you a friend that has HBO. Exactly. But maybe we'll, uh, you know, do a recap or something, or just a shoot That'd the be shit, super fun. a shoot the shit type of episode on Patreon mm-hmm. about it because I think we could just talk about it. Yeah, for There's sure. So much. Not only. So hopefully it's not a surprise to any of you, but the person who's currently on trial and you can watch the daily trial proceedings Mm -hmm. is on trial for two murders for his wife and his son. And, but that's just like the head of the worm because underwater or underground, there's the whole body of the iceberg. I'm thinking, I was thinking duck. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know how there's like the worm duck iceberg <laughs> trifecta. Yes. There's a, a lot underneath is what we're really just there's trying to say. There's a shitload of worms <laughs> under that dirt. But honestly, there's so much that that family has done. Yeah. And so much tragedy that has followed. And not like, oh, poor them. It's like, oh, tragedy follows them. Right. It's they what they've s- created. Yeah. It's the tragedies that they've created. It's not like a cursed family that just keeps having bad things right. happen to them. Right. It's so hopefully we're not. I mean, hopefully it's not a spoiler because it's not anything hidden or anything. No, you know, that was new, pretty but, vague. Uh, but right. It's pretty vague. So maybe we'll just do sometime like a shoot the shit episode so you guys can um, catch up if you haven't or just hear us talk about it because it's. There's a lot of things that have happened, a lot of other cases that have happened mm-hmm. or um, that are following the Murdochs, but it's all very, very interesting and just wild. It, so, it, Like, you couldn't write a better script for a movie. No. And the fact that it is people's reality just had my jaw, like, on the floor. I don't think I've, like, gasped and said so many what the fucks yeah. in a not time. even as many yeah. as the Casey Anthony yeah. special. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's, it is truly wild. So let's yeah. do, um, an intro. Intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 